You know, today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm glad you all agree. Amen? It's a wonderful day to be in the Lord's house. If you have your Bible, I'd, and I pray that you do, I'd encourage you to take your Bible out and turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And if you don't have a Bible, uh, we'll try to show up the verses here on the screen so that you could see them. Uh, but certainly, uh, the message that I'm going to speak to is pretty straightforward. And I think we'll see it from our text in Scripture uh, this morning. So join with me, Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 1. And the Bible says, in the beginning and the end of the Sabbath. I did that this morning, didn't I? I, I, I man, I was so excited about preaching, I started with in the beginning. Man, if, if I start at Genesis 1-1, we'll be here a long time. So maybe we ought to just stay here, Matthew 28. Uh, but I did that this morning. I started out within the beginning. Uh, in the end of the Sabbath, right there, verse number one. As it is to begin, uh, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, amen? He said, He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house on this Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate your love, as we celebrate your goodness to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that through the next few moments of time that you might clear away the cobwebs, that you might open up the eyes of our understanding, that you might open up our hearts, that we might hear from you on this Easter Sunday. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody in this room or somebody watching online today that has never entered into that relationship with you, they've never called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin and the gift of eternal life, Lord, I pray that they'll do that today. Lord, I pray for those who have already entered into a relationship with you through your Son. God, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. God, that you would challenge us on this Easter Sunday. God, that we might be One's living a life, if you please. It's well-pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that you'll be with my words and my thoughts and my actions, that you might receive all the honor and that you might receive all the glory for all things. And Lord, we'll give you the praise in advance. For it's in the precious name of Jesus that we do pray, and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Well, again, it's good to be in the Lord's house and... Uh, Man, it's one of these things, when you're a pastor, you get excited about Easter, but I'll be honest with you, I get excited about any time to preach about Jesus, amen? 
And so right here, we're going to jump right in, right smack dab in the middle of this resurrection story, the message and invitation of Easter is abundantly clear. And the message is simply, if you're a note taker, it's going to be real tough today because your notes are found in the title. Number one, the message is come. Notice in verse 6 again, as the women, they're approaching the tomb, right? And they're coming and they're going to worship, but they're going to, they're going to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. And, and as they're coming, they're not expecting to find the tomb empty. They're actually coming early in the morning because of fear of the Jews. Remember, there was, there was a lot of fear surrounding this time. And so they're coming very early in the morning. They're going to anoint the body of Jesus. Little fun fact for you, I brought it up at 8 o'clock. Uh, I know I'll get four or five emails, especially, I know Ernie, love it. he's going to send me, he's going to figure it out. Uh, how were the women expecting to get in the tomb? I mean, the stone's in front of the tomb. The stone in John's gospel says they had it sealed, and yet these women, faithful, they're coming to the tomb, they're going to anoint the body of Jesus. I guess they had a plan of getting that stone moved. But anyway, they come, and notice what happens in verse number 6. The angel declares this, he says, He's not here. He's risen, amen? He says, come and see the place where the Lord lay. Now what I've done all week is I've been reading each gospel account of the Easter story. And if you go over to Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter 16 and verse number 6, the angel says it this way. He says, he is risen, he's not here, and he uses the word behold. Now that word behold in the Greek means see. He says, behold where they laid him. So in other words, the angel's message on resurrection morning is come and see. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. In both instances, these ladies are met with the miraculous reality that Jesus is no longer dead. Amen? He's alive! Let me ask you a question. Are you, are you, have you trusted Christ? If you have, you ought to be excited that He's alive because here's the reality. If he didn't raise from the dead, the Bible says that you and I are men and women most miserable. Without him raising from the dead, you have no hope. We got hope plastered on this wall and in this wall. Without Jesus rising from the tomb, rising from the dead, conquering the death, hell, and the grave, you and I have no hope. Amen? So we ought to be excited when the angel says, he is risen, he's alive. Folks, that's the message of Easter. I think about Jesus when he was talking with his disciples over in John chapter 14. He's talking about different things. And in verse number 19, he says, Because I live, ye shall also live. Amen? Are you excited about the fact that, listen, let me just share my thoughts with you. As soon as I cease to exist in this life, I will never cease to exist in the hereafter. I, I may cease to breathe here, but as soon as I cease to breathe here, I will be alive forevermore. Amen? Oh, friends, to be absent from the body, the Bible says, is to be present with the Lord. And Jesus' declaration back in John 14, 9, where he says, listen, because I live, you shall also live, is still, is still true for those of us who believe today. Oh, man, this is the message. This is the invitation, in fact, to come. All throughout Scripture, the message from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 has been come, come. Come and see the Savior of the world. In fact, when we look back in the Old Testament and we consider the words of the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 55, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, Ho, everyone that is thirsteth, come. Watch, you're going to see this word come 
over and over. You're going to see the idea of coming to Jesus over and over. It says, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which satisfy not. Now watch this last part of this verse here in verse number two. Hearken diligently. The idea of coming. The idea of hearkening diligently unto the Lord. It says, and eat ye that which is good. Now watch what it says. And let your soul delight itself in its fatness. Oh my friends, look at verse verse three. Incline your ear and come unto me. Here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not and the nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel for he hath glorified thee. Look at verse 6. Seek ye. It's another idea of come. Come on and seek the Lord. Amen. Somebody want to come to Jesus this morning? Oh, it's Resurrection Sunday. We ought to be excited about it. Look at verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And look what Jesus, look what God says he'll do. He says, and he will have mercy upon him. Oh, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Let me ask a question. Does anybody in this room need pardoning this morning? Nobody. Nobody needs a pardon. I got news for you, and I'm going to lovingly say it. You all need pardoning. Sir, you may need a pardon from your wife. Ma'am, you may need a pardoning from your husband. Young person, I definitely know you need to be pardoned from mom and dad. You say, why is he picking on me? Because I once was young. But now I'm not. Amen? Listen, we all need pardoning. And this is the message of Scripture over and over and over. In fact, you think about Jesus. He says in Matthew chapter 11 in verse 28, see the Jews were trying to earn their way to heaven. They were trying to follow the law, a law which could not be followed. By the way, the law was only given to teach us that we needed Jesus. Right? So when you see the Ten Commandments, the reason you see the law and you see the Ten Commandments and you see all these things that are taking place in the Old Testament, it was a schoolmaster to bring you to Jesus. That's what it was all about. And in Matthew chapter 11, in verse number 28, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, listen, there's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven. There's no price that you can pay. You can't be good looking enough. You can't be great enough. You can't do anything enough to get to heaven. You need to come unto me, and I'll be the one that gives you rest. Amen? Oh, man. The message in Scripture over and over and over, especially on Resurrection Sunday. Remember the angel? The angel said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. The message of Scripture over and over is come. It's simply come. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, Jesus said again, he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Over and over and over in Scripture, the invitation is to come. Oh, listen, I beg you. I beg you this morning. 
Listen to what Jesus has to say. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, today is a wonderful opportunity for you to do that. I think about the entirety of Scripture, and the message is clear to come, come, come. And when you get to the end of Scripture in Revelation chapter 22, remember, the Scripture ends in verse 21, and the very last word of Scripture is amen. Well, when you get to verse number 17, Jesus is so emphatic that he offers the invitation to come one last time. Notice what it says in Revelation 22 and verse 17. It says, and the spirit and the bride say, what does it say? Oh, listen, have you come to Jesus? It's the spirit and the bride say, come and let him hear us say, come and let him that is thirst come and whosoever will let him, notice the last phrase, let him take of the water of life. How much does it cost? Does it cost you anything? Does it cost me anything? It cost Jesus everything when he died on the cross. But it says, but he says, you can taste, you can take of that water of life freely. All you have to do is call, about, call out upon the name of the Lord and he'll receive you unto himself. Oh, my friends, these invitations over and over and over in scripture to come are not ours to make. Oh, but thank God they're ours to enjoy. They're not ours to make, but thank God they're ours to enjoy. You and I are invited to see something that you and I have never done. We're invited to hear something that we have never said or spoken. You and I are invited to accept something that we didn't give. And you and I are invited to receive something that we never offered. Oh man, the entirety of Scripture says, come, come, come. As I was reading this week and I was reading all the different gospel accounts of the crucifixion and the Easter story, I was reminded that beforehand, over in John's Gospel, you may recall when Jesus comes to Bethany and uh, he's met immediately on the road by one of the sisters, Martha. And Martha, you know, she was always serving. And the Bible says she was cumbered about with much uh, serving and, and whatnot. And she comes to Jesus and meets him on the road before he even gets to the house. And she's basically going to school Jesus. She's like, my brother wouldn't have died if you had been here. You remember her brother Lazarus has died and he's been in the tomb about four days now and, and they say, yeah, his body stinketh. And so here comes Jesus and he meets Martha on the road and man, what a loving Savior we have, right? She comes to him and says, you should have been here. My brother wouldn't have died if you would have been here. And in John chapter 11, in verse 25 and 26, while talking with Martha, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me. Notice what he says. He shall never die. Oh, my friends, you ought to get excited about that. That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. You can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, throughout John's gospel, Jesus shared time and time again about who he was. You think about in John chapter 6, in verse number 35, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He that, watch these phrases again, he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. In John chapter 8, in verse number 12, he proclaims, I'm the light of the world. He that, watch it, followeth me. There's this idea of coming and following Jesus. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You flip over a couple of pages in John chapter 10, in verse number 9, the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the door. And if any man enter in, there it is. There's the picture of coming. There's the picture of following. There's the picture of making a decision 
to see something. And Jesus says, I am the door. And if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Oh, my friends, two verses later, in John chapter 10, verse number 11, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And he says, the shepherd gives his life for the, for the sheep. And then you go to John chapter 15 and verse number 1. He says, I'm the true vine. You think about it and you read that passage. You find out a few verses later, Jesus says, listen, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he reminds him, he says, without me, you can do what? He says, nothing. Oh, my friends, Resurrection Sunday, Easter morning. As we worship Jesus, it's a reminder to come. If you've never called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of your sins, listen, that doesn't make you odd or indifferent. That makes you just like me. That makes you just like everybody in this room before we called out and asked Jesus to save us. Listen, there's nothing special about Pastor Greg except for Jesus Christ. And my wife is the one saying amen the most. Right? Guys, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much, so much that he willingly died for you. Oh, listen, if we think back to everything that we read, even just in this one short compacted passage concerning the first resurrection Sunday, look back at verse number two of our text. In verse number two of our text, it says it was like a great earthquake. It, imagine the scene, it's like a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descends from heaven and he comes and he rolls back, rolls back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Folks, that stone was not rolled away for Jesus because he was already gone. He didn't have to roll back the stone as if to say, okay, Lord, you can exit now. Hey, he transcends time and space. He created it. And so he wasn't rolling back the stone for Jesus. The angel came and he rolled back the stone, quite honestly, for those women. You say, that's how they were going to get in there. They didn't know the stone would be rolled away, but he rolled it back for the women. He rolled it back also for Peter and John. If you read John's gospel, they were having a race. They were running. Once Mary found out, she went and told him. She says, listen, listen, Jesus isn't there. They take off running. They come to the tomb, and, and they enter in, and they see the tomb. See, the angel rolled the stone away for, for the women. He rolled it away for Peter and John, and quite honestly, he rolled it away for you and I so that you and I could see that he is risen, he is risen indeed. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the risen Savior of the world, my admonition, my, my plea with you today is to do it. Don't put off till tomorrow what you know you need to do today. Do it, do it, do it. The Bible says, it gives us a principle. By the way, this is just a principle, but I think it's still true. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, and I'm sure there's some great theological thinker that will disagree with me, but the Bible says in verse number 2 of that passage, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow, because you know what? That's what the devil says. The devil says, just keep putting it off, man. Don't listen to this crazy man up here on the platform. This crazy man with white hair, don't listen to what he has to say. Tune him out. Turn him off. You've already had enough Easter celebration. You heard the praise team sing. Just turn this off. Let me tell you, the most important thing today is not what I say, it's what Jesus says. Most important thing today is not what the praise band does, it's what Jesus has already done. Amen? I want to encourage you to trust Jesus today. Jesus told his closest followers in John chapter 14 and verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. 
And I know a lot of people that ruffles their feathers the wrong way. They say, man, how exclusive is that? That Jesus would say, he's the only way, he's the only truth, and he's the only life. But can I tell you, it's an inclusive message because the Bible says, for whosoever will can come. Oh, my friends, when Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life, what he was saying was, he was saying, listen, if you want to come to the Father, you got to come through me. You want to come to my father's house, you got to come through me. I was thinking about, and Travis was joking with me, and I was singing it in the office in between services. We used to sing that old song years ago, come and go with me to my father's house. And some of you that are a little bit older know we used to do that in kids, uh, in kids worship and then at camp and stuff. That's a throwback. But that's what Jesus was saying. He says, listen, you want to come to my father's house, then you need to come through me. That's the reality of the gospel. That's the reality of Easter's message. Look in verse 6 again of our resurrection narrative here in Matthew chapter 28. The angel invites the women to come and see the place where the Lord lay. And that invitation actually led to the realization that Jesus had risen from the grave. In other words, he was exactly who he said he was. Amen? Oh, my friends. What an incredible message from the Gospels this morning that He is risen. He is risen indeed. In verse number 7, the angel says this. Here's your next point. The angel says in verse 6, it says, come and see. And in verse 7, the angel says this, go quickly. In other words, what the angel was saying was without delay. Don't take time to think about it. Don't take time to contemplate it. Don't take time to raise up some funds so that you can go on this little mission trip. But the the imperative here is to go quickly. Notice it says, go quickly without delay and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. In Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter 16 and verse 7, the Bible records it this way. By the angel saying this, he says, go your way. He says, go on, go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter. Don't you just love that? Some of you need to wake up this morning. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter's. Do you get what the angel is saying? You remember Peter was the one that denied Jesus three times. Peter was a disciple, and yet the angel makes a difference here. He says, go tell his followers and Peter. You see, because Jesus hadn't had that little conversation with Peter down on the beach over in John chapter 21 when he asked Peter if he loved him three times. And so I love Mark's gospel. It says, hey, go tell the disciples. Yeah, go ahead and tell Peter too. Tell Peter too that he is going before you into Galilee. Oh, listen, after coming to the tomb, after seeing and realizing that Jesus had risen, these women were sent on their very first mission trip, if you please. And obviously, they they thought it was urgent. Because look at verse 8 of our text. In verse 8 of our text, the Bible records this, that the angel tells them to go quickly, and they departed what? Quickly. In other words, without delay, they depart from the sepulcher with fear, which was produced. I don't know about you. Do you think you'd have been a little fearful if you walked up to the tomb and there was an angel who's, who looked like lightning sitting on a, on the stone? Be like, where y'all been? Uh, yeah, go ahead and see. And now go tell his disciples. Can you imagine? Now, now I have a weird sense of humor, right? Can you imagine the angel sitting there when these women walk up? And the angel says, hey, come and see. But guess what? Now it's time for you to go and tell his disciples. The fear that they would have had of this whole ordeal, they came to do one thing. Watch it. 
They came to do one thing and they left doing another. Oh, what a, what a wonderful message from Scripture. You see, when you come to Jesus, you might be thinking one thing, but once you meet Jesus, you go away differently. That's what the Bible says. And if we're new, if we're, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Look here in our text. It says they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and with great joy. I'm guessing they rejoiced over the incredible news of Jesus' resurrection. And it says, and they did wrong to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus meets them saying, all hail. Are you serious? Can you imagine? That's the message. He says, all hail. And notice their response. They came and they beheld him. And they came and they held him by the feet and they worshiped him. Okay, so I'm going to try and do this without hurting myself. But can you imagine? These ladies are walking along the road. The angel has told them to go and tell the disciples. They're like with great fear and joy. They're departed quickly to go do this. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears all hail. And their response, boom! Down to the floor. Down to the ground. And they grab him by the feet. And the Bible says they worshipped him. When was the last time we got down on our knees and on our bellies and we grabbed the feet of Jesus and worshipped him? This is what the ladies did. They got down and they worshipped him right then and there. Notice what he says. Look at verse number 10. Then Jesus said unto them, be not afraid. He already realizes they're fearful. He already understands the condition of their heart. He says, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. In John's gospel, he says it this way. He says, touch me not, for I am yet not ascended to my father, but go to my brethren. So it's as if John's gospel says that as they reach to grab him by the feet, he says, touch me not yet because I haven't ascended to the Father. So you see Matthew's gospel showing us what the women would have done. And then John's gospel is what Jesus responds to. And he says, don't touch me yet. I haven't ascended to my Father. He says, but go tell my brethren. He says, go tell them I'm going to see them in Galilee. And then, so what I see here, John's gospel, Mark's gospel, Matthew's gospel, over and over, Jesus reconfirms the mission that the angel gave him. And you know what? He'll reconfirm the mission that he has given to each and every one of us. And that message is to go. Listen, he reconfirms this mission to go and to tell everyone that he is alive. Listen, the Easter story in this time of year should give feet to the church of the living God. It should give feet to the church of the living God. And I put it in my notes this way. The credibility, watch it, the credibility of Easter's invitation to come and see will actually be seen in how you and I respond to the message of go quickly. See, if we receive Jesus Christ and then we're like, nah, what's up, bro? What's up, dog? Yeah. What'd you do this weekend? Oh, man, there's this crazy dude. My parents took me. He's like, got all hot and bothered talking about Jesus. You know, so I trusted him. What's up? Whatever. Whatever. I placed my faith in him. You know, big deal. Let me tell you something. And that message ain't for the person who just places their faith this morning. That message is true if you put your faith in Jesus 40 or 50 years ago. You ought to never get over your salvation. Man, September the 16th, 1980, my life was irrevocably changed. As a 13-year-old boy, I was just dumb enough to think I could take care of everything on my own. 
Anybody else here ever thought that too? Thought you could do everything on your own. You're real smart when you're 13. By the way, if you're here this morning and you're 13, you're pretty smart. <laughs> Shout out to my 13-year-olds. You're not as smart as you will be one day. And by the way, if you're 13, your dad or mom's probably the dumbest person you know. <laughs> like, Caleb's like, yep. Grandpa too, right? <laughs> Caleb's grandpa too. But you know, I once thought that way. The older I got, the older I got and the older that I continue to get, the more I realize my dad's not that dumb. I love you, Dad, if you're watching this morning. See, the credibility of Easter's invitation to come and to see the place where the Lord had lain. He wasn't there. But the credibility of the message of Easter that Jesus is risen, the credibility that He is alive, that you and I have a living hope, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that credibility will be seen in how you and I respond to the message to go. Think about it. Even Jesus, after He meets up with His disciples, after His resurrection and before His ascension to the Father, the angel told the women to go and tell His disciples. But when Jesus finally gets together with His disciples, His message is to go over and over and over again in Matthew's Gospel. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, Jesus says, All power is given unto Me in heaven and earth. First of all, He starts by declaring His own authority, His own power. But in verse number 19, notice His message. He goes right in and He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then in verse number 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen and amen. In, that's Matthew's gospel. In Mark's gospel, if you ever read Mark's gospel, the Easter story and the passage right behind it, it's like this. It's really shrunk down. And so it's very concise in Mark's gospel. But notice Jesus' words to His disciples right after He had risen from the dead. He says these words in Mark 16 and verse 15. He says, Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, period. This is your commandment. He says, listen, now that you see, now that you have come and you see that I am living, that I am breathing, and that I am no longer dead, but I have conquered death. I have conquered the grave. I have conquered hell. Now that you see these things, he said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is the gospel. Oh, my friends, in John, Jesus said, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. In other words, over and over in every gospel account, when Jesus meets up with His disciples after He rises from the dead, His message confirms the angel's message, which is to go and tell others. Look back with me in verse number 7 as we wrap this up. The angel says in verse number 7 to go quickly. In other words, without delay. And tell His disciples that He has risen from the dead. But notice it goes on. And behold... Watch, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. Do you see it? Do you see it right here? The angel tells the women that Jesus was actually going before them. Folks, I would suggest he goes before you and I as well. When you go to tell somebody about Jesus, he'll go before you. 
When you go to share the love and the truth of Jesus, by the way, you don't have to bark out the truth without some love. You know, people can't eat a true sandwich without a little love. Listen, I don't know what people do. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the wish sandwich. You ever had a wish sandwich? That's where you have two pieces of bread and you wish you had some meat on it or you wish you had some peanut butter and jelly or something like that. Man, that wish sandwich is crazy. That's no good. If, you, if you're going to tell people about Jesus, you need to apply a little bit of love. In fact, I would suggest you apply a whole lot of love because we're real good about doing this, aren't we? We're like, you need Jesus. You're so terrible. You're a sinner. Just remember, you know, when they say when you point at somebody, there's three of them coming back at you. You like to call, like to point out everybody else's faults. Just remember, Jesus died for you too. He died for your sins. So when we go to tell people about Jesus and his truth that he did die for their sins, make sure you take those bread, those pieces of bread, and you slather on a whole helping of love to wrap that truth in. Oh, my friends, the angel says Jesus is going before him. And in Matthew chapter 28, I already shared it with you a second ago in verse number 18, Jesus said that all power had been given to him in, in heaven and earth. Listen, you don't, need, you don't need to rely on your own strength. You don't need to rely on your own power. I don't need to rely on my own strength and my own power. We just need to rely on Jesus. Amen? My friends, if you're not a believer this morning, can I just tell you there's no shame in not being a believer? We're all sinners. The only difference, as I said a minute ago, the only difference between me and somebody who hasn't trusted Christ is that I have placed my faith in the risen Savior of the world. That's the only difference. And so if you're, you're sitting here, you're watching online, and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're not a believer yet, Easter's invitation to you this morning is simply come. It's simply come. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7, the Bible says it's the blood of Jesus Christ, i.e. the Son of God, that cleanses us from all sin. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5 and 6, the Bible makes it pretty clear. It says there's one God and one mediator. That word mediator means there's one go-between. There's one reconciler between God and man says the man Christ Jesus. Look at verse 6. Who gave Himself a ransom for all. In other words, He paid the price. He paid the redemptive price for all. John 3.16, iconic verse of Scripture where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever... Now watch this word, because it's real important, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, my friends, the love of God is unexplainable. It's unexplainable. And I don't care who you are, what you are, where you've been, it's hard to explain. But once you come to the empty tomb and you understand what Jesus has done for you through His life, through His death, through His burial, and through His resurrection, guess what? That unexplainable love of God becomes very undeniable. I don't understand how people could hear about Jesus' love. The Bible says hearing is God's love. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us and gave His Son to be a propitiation or the price or the atonement for our sin. I don't understand how we could hear about such a loving God and hear that God loves the world so much that He would give His Son. And all you have to do, all I have to do is to believe and then be like, yeah, whatever. 
and walk away from it. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. And yet I did it as a kid. I did it as a kid. Some of you know and some of you don't know. My, my mother passed away when I was 10. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, it's one of these things you don't say out loud. But I used to think all the time, what kind of God, you talk about God who loves me, how could God love me if He took my mom? That's a very real thought and a very real uh, feeling of a 10-year-old boy. But you know, I look on this side of that and I say, God loved me so much He gave me two moms. Amen? He gave me two moms. He said, listen, I'm not going to leave you without help. I'm going to give you two moms. What a God we serve. He provided me with a second mom. And so, in just short order, God already had things worked out. He already knew what was going to happen. And there I was so angry about like, God must not love me. And the next thing I know, I got a great mom. Amen? You know, the greatest thing I know about my mom is that she loves God and she loves my dad. Whew. That's a hard task right there, loving my dad. I love you, Dad. You know I'm going to get a call on that, right? Oh, God is good. Oh, my friends, oh, the love of God may be unexplainable, but when we realize what it's all about, it truly is undeniable. All we have to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. You don't have to pay something. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to join the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Catholic church, the Episcopal church, the Presbyterian church. You don't have to do any of those things. Listen, God wants you to be a part of a local New Testament body of believers, but guess what? The getting in part, the come and see part, is where you actually believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In fact, I'm thinking about in the resurrection story, some of you remember over in John's Gospel, Thomas, he had a problem with believing, didn't he? The disciples go to Thomas, and we love to beat up on Thomas. I tell you, wrongfully so. But they go to Thomas, and they like to beat up on Thomas, and they say, uh, hey, hey uh, Thomas, we have seen Messiah and all this, and Thomas said, no, nope, I'm not going to believe unless I see the nail prints, unless I see the, the hole in his side, unless I see all these things. And if you read in John chapter 20, you get down to, oh, I guess, I don't know, late 20s. Start reading in verse 24 all the way to 29. And when you get down there, you'll see that as soon as Jesus appears the second time to disciples, he, he bypasses all the disciples. He goes right for Thomas because, see, he's a knower of hearts. And he goes right to Thomas. He already knows that Thomas has already said, I'm not going to believe unless I see. And so Jesus says, all right, Thomas. Can you imagine being in a room? Jesus like, all right, Mr. Unbelief. Here, there's a hand. There you go. Are you satisfied? And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. He starts worshiping Jesus. And Jesus' response to Thomas is, listen, he says, I'm glad that you believe, Thomas. He said, but blessed, blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. Listen, if you've never called out upon the name of the Lord, the Bible is pretty clear. In Romans chapter 10, in verse number 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, 
Praise the Lord, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. It goes on by saying, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Oh my friends, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. Easter's invitation If you've never trusted Jesus, the invitation is open for you right now, right here. Right now, don't don't bypass. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. And I know what you're thinking. You're saying, what do I do? do?" Okay, okay. Uh, I believe. I believe that Jesus is who He said He is. I believe that He died on the cross for my sin. I believe that He was buried in a borrowed tomb. I believe, according to Scripture, that He arose three days later. But what do I do with that information, Pastor? What you do is you need to call out upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says. And so it's real simple. You say, well, what do I say? It's not about what you say. It's about what's going on inside of your heart. And that you would say, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. Do you know that nobody had to tell Greg that he was a sinner? I didn't even have to wait till I was married when my wife told me. I already knew. Do you know no one had to convince me that I'm a sinner? And I doubt that I have to convince you of your own sin. And so what you need to do is if you believe, then you just say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Lord, will you come and forgive me and come into my heart and change me from the inside out? Let Him do the work that you and I cannot do. Right? He says, all you that come unto me that are heavy laden, he says, I'll give you rest. Quit trying to work your way to heaven. Quit trying to buy your way to heaven. Quit trying to join some some group to get yourself to heaven. The only way you're getting to heaven is through me. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried. And He arose from that grave. I beg you. If I could pay you, I'd pay you. Trust Him as Savior. Don't leave this place. Because what I do know is life is short. And I also know this, and I don't need Scripture to understand this, and some of you have been impacted by this even this year, and even in many years ago. The Bible says, to boast not thyself for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The Bible also says that our life is like a vapor. It appeareth for a little while, and then it vanishes away. And so I beg you today, if you don't know Jesus, trust Him. If you're at home and you're watching and you've never asked Jesus to forgive you and to come in your life, please, I beg you, trust Him today. And if you are here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm all good. I'm good. I already asked Jesus to forgive me years ago. I got that all under control. Well, the first thing I would remind you is that you don't have anything under control. He does. If you're saved today, it's because He did the saving. Right? But I also remind you of Easter's message. See, the invitation for the lost is to come and to see the place where the Lord lay. The message, though, for those who come and see and realize that He is risen, He is risen indeed, is to go quickly and to tell. Go and to proclaim the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, listen, it was like Colby was referencing earlier in 1 Peter 1, in chapter 3, in verse 3 and following. If you're a Christ follower today, you have a living hope because of Jesus, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Whatever your need is today, if you've just come to celebrate the Savior, praise the Lord. But I can't imagine in a room filled of this size and those that are watching online that there's not a need somewhere behind heart's door. Former pastor here used to say there's a broken heart behind every heart's door. 
I would imagine there's a few broken hearts in this room this morning. I imagine there may be a few broken hearts online this morning. Whatever your need is, I invite you to come. Come and see the Savior who can set you free. And if you've already been set free, if you've already been set at liberty, then I'd encourage you to make the declaration, make that commitment, make that recommitment to go and to tell people the good news of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank You for Your love. We thank You for the time that we've had to be together. God, we thank You for Your Word. God, in the quietness of this moment, nobody looking around. Lord, this is the time that we do business with You. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's somebody in this room that has never called out upon the name of the Lord, that right now they, they would do that, that right now that would be their desire. And it's very simple. It's, again, it's not about some special prayer. It's not about some special uh, concoction. But it's about the desire of their heart to come before Your throne of grace and mercy and to find help in their time of need. Lord, I pray that You would work on hearts like never before, that people would call out upon the name of the Lord right now. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.